Welcome, Blue Valley community. This is Tanya Merrigan, superintendent in Blue Valley, and we have another edition of our podcast, Unmuted. And I am very privileged today to have three guests with me. Um, Krista Bone. Krista, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Krista Bowen, and I am the co-founder of Start. And Tracy Foster. Yep, I'm Tracy Foster, and I am another co-founder of Start. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And then finally, Tara Walrut, who's been on before. Um, I'm the district coordinator for counseling and student services here in the Blue Valley School District. Thanks, Tara. So you, uh, Krista, you mentioned that you were co-founder of Start. So the first question is, what is Start? Yeah, great question. So Start is a nonprofit. We were founded about three years ago right here in the Blue Valley community, which is we're thrilled to be here with you guys today. Um, and we are just really focused on helping families raise happy and healthy kids in the digital world. So we do that through through three things. We have trainings, which used to be in person, and we loved gathering parents together to have conversations about what the tensions were that they were facing at home as they battled out screen time with their kids. But since COVID's hit, we have shifted into a webinar system and we were able to um, share that with the Blue Valley community a couple weeks ago. We also have tips, which um, you can find on our social media feeds. We just kind of keep feeding parents little tiny bites of helpful information, one little thing at a time. And then we have tools, which a lot of times those right now look like parent guides that are more in-depth resources that you can read about things like Snapchat and TikTok and pornography. That's what our organization does. We equip families. Thanks, Krista. And so right now with COVID, uh, most schools across the country in Blue Valley as well has a device in every student's hand. And th those devices are wonderful to be able to connect when we need to connect. Um, you know, our elementaries are back in session now, but we know our middle and high schools are still in a hybrid model, so they're home half of the day. And then additionally, we have some families who, for health reasons, are full-time virtual, so, so they're always connecting. And that is, again, a blessing and a curse in some places. So, Tracy, what are some tips that parents might utilize uh, with their students? Yeah, this is one thing we've been thinking about a lot as parents who are in the ring with you all. Um, and we tried to start by saying, how can we even think about this this year? I mean, this is 2020. It is not the same as our expectations for any other year. And so we started talking about what is good enough this year? We don't need to be perfect. You know, every moment is not going to be frameable or Instagrammable. But what is it that we can do that when our head hits the pillow at the end of the night, we as parents can say, hey, that was hard, but we did it. And so we focused on three key topics, and I can share a couple tips within them. But we felt like if this year we together as parents and teachers and school leaders can help keep our kids safe, sane, and seen from an emotional connection standpoint, those are our three biggest goals. And so I can share a couple tips for how we think from the digital side that we can do those things. So for safe, there are a couple things I'll share. The first one is trying to keep your kiddos from falling into accidental rabbit holes of indecent content or risky things. I just wanna say that I applaud Blue Valley for their use of securely. It is absolutely gold star according to, compared to everything that we've seen. And so those devices, while mistakes maybe could still happen or you could app, you know, flip into YouTube, who knows? I mean, there are so many different pathways, but I just want to commend the district on that and let parents know that that is, that is at our top level of recommendation of what they could have on their school device. And in many cases, 
school devices are actually safer than personal devices because if you have your kiddo accessing on a personal device, we want you guys to step into the ring and actually start putting on some of those features that are already on your school device. So we would encourage you to layer up on some different things depending on the age of your kids, but get a, a filter at your router level and we can share more about that. And then also if your kids have phones and are on social media, some other services that help monitor both for unsavory content, but also for mental health concerns. There's a program called Bark that parents can get that helps to provide securely typed services on a kid's phone, no matter where they go. And that's just phenomenal. So creating the right safeguards, creating the safety belts. I think some people feel as though it's a lack of trust if they put those devices, those, those applications on their kids' devices. But really, we think it's like wearing a seatbelt when you ride in a car. It just helps reduce risk. So do that as our first part of SAFE. The second thing I would say is do everything you can, especially as you're just around your kids more than ever, to create a sense that you're a safe harbor. To say, hey, it is for most of our kids not an issue of if, but when they will be exposed to some of this type of content. And so how can you be practicing? We like to call it our I'm not shocked face. <laughs> so that if your kid comes to you and says, hey, I saw this in a Google Doc chat. Oh my goodness, I can't believe what they said about a classmate or what this was. Our first reaction, at least I'll speak for myself, is to grab that device and throw it against the wall and be like, you're not seeing that phone for a month. But what happens when we do that is it actually makes our kids not want to talk. And so we need to practice this face that even if they come up and they show you on their phone, hey, look at this picture I just got. And it's your best friend's son's torso that you just kind of like calmly say, oh, huh, wasn't expecting that. Were you? Tell me more about that. And then later we fully encourage you to go into your closet and scream into a pillow or whatever. But so just try to be that safe harbor. So those are the two things for safe. Create the protections and then be safe harbor. For sane, I would say two things. There's so much more that we can share if you want to attend one of our longer webinars. But the two things I would highlight would be our kids are online so much. Create spaces where they're not. So the first would be device-free zones that are at your dinner table. So many of us are on screens all day long. And they can just bleed, especially when so many people are working and learning at home. So taking times and spaces to say, this is device free. Is it during dinner? For my family, I have a huge football fan. It is during Chiefs games. We do not, like, we're just watching the game. So you can think about that for your family. And then the other place that we would say that really will help kids' sanity is try to get all devices out of kids' bedrooms overnight. Ideally out of bedrooms in general, but we know that's hard with virtual learning, but especially overnight. They creep in there because they're an alarm clock they play music, but we have found that 80% of teens are using their phone when they're supposed to be sleeping and sleep is a number one factor of mental health. So if you want to help your kids stay sane, even if they're in there learning Chinese um, for the immersion program or who knows what it is, have them do that during the day. So then I'll just touch on two things for that final category scene. And the first one is, I think in many ways, we as parents have been trained to be so focused on screen time minutes. And right now, those minutes are just going through the roof. And we would encourage parents to think more about quality than quantity. And we break screen use into three categories, creating, connecting, and consuming. So creating would be making PowerPoints, you know, doing a stop motion video, any of, getting a recipe to make. Those are great uses of technology. Connecting is also good, especially if it's more interactive connecting, not just scrolling social media. Scrolling social media would fall more in the consuming or binge watching a series on Netflix. Those are consuming. So if you can try to pay attention and talk with your kids about what they're using their screens for and push more towards creating and consuming, being generous in those areas, 
that's great. The other thing and the final thing I'll say related to scene and related to these tips overall for now is we really feel like this is an opportunity for parents to step into the ring. We're all home more, we're all on devices more, and this is a great time to say, hey, I'm gonna sit in the same room with you. Oh, tell me more about that PowerPoint that you're creating for your class, or tell me more about this thing that you're developing. Those are examples that are more like school-based and content-based, but we think it can also stretch into some of those things that as parents you really make you just wanna roll your eyes. If they play Roblox, sit down and play with them. If they play Fortnite, learn the Fortnite dances and play with them. You know, or if they love a favorite YouTuber, our house just absolutely loves Dude Perfect. <laughs> and so sit down and watch some of those videos. And that's going to give you a window into their world and build a foundation of trust more so um, than you might otherwise get if you just act like their digital world is a separate place of their life. Great, great tips. And honestly, the, the keeping your phone out of the bedroom has helped me immensely. Um, because we all need that sleep. So I appreciate those tips for teenagers as well as adults. Tara, how can parents partner with schools on this screen use? Well, I think we all want healthy time, you know, mental and physical um, health and well-being for our kids. And we're all pro students. So making sure that we just have a really healthy balance of when they're virtual and when they're not. And uh, teachers are really working that when it's a break time, that it's a break time, that you get, a, you get your eyes away from the screen and you go do something completely different and take a break. Um, so that's, that's one way that we're partnering. I do think that we want our kids to have emotional connections. So um, if that is on screen time, even if they're in the virtual classroom and they're, they're doing those, that we're really making sure that that's valuable. Like, just like Tracy said, quality time um, where kids are talking to kids and that can also be in the evenings as well at different times. But also if you are with someone and you can be six feet apart outside, then um, take the opportunity to not do it by screen, but actually to have that quality connection um, anytime, that, anytime that we can. And we're trying to do that at school as well. And then just be really aware of those apps and different things that are on your child's phone or on their computer and what they're doing and what they're watching. Um, Securely is amazing. And when you get those securely alerts to take the time to actually look and see what your child is looking at. I think that's such a healthy thing for um, teachers to know, but it's also a healthy thing for parents to know as well. So um, Tara, do parents need to sign up for those securely alerts? Yes, yes. And it's really easy through their school. You can do it through the website. And it's something that um, I know even me as a parent, um, thinks that they're super helpful as parents for us to see what are our kids searching. It also creates conversation about what they're learning about as well. Thank you. So Krista, you said that uh, START is three years old. You're a nonprofit organization. How has it changed in the world of COVID? Oh gosh, what a great question. It's completely changed, hasn't it? Our, our lives have become so much more um, dependent on screens and we've been able to see really the beautiful ways that technology has been able to allow us to connect with people in a time when we're tempted to be so isolated. So I would say, you know, I would just kind of go back to what Tracy said earlier in that for a lot of parents, I feel like we're experiencing a little bit of a cognitive disconnect between what we kind of thought our kids' screen life should look like and what it actually is. And just allowing ourselves to give ourselves grace um, and to not get so overwhelmed by <laughs> the challenges that being like the at-home IT person all the time can. I, I've been there. I've been there time and time again through virtual learning where you just get so overwhelmed that you want to pick up your own phone and start stress scrolling through your own social media account or checking out and just not even dealing with what's happening with your kids on screens. 
But um, just really wanting to encourage parents that there is hope that these are opportunities that can really enrich your child's understanding of what it means to be healthy in the digital world. Um, one of the things that is really on top of a lot of people's minds because of the documentary Social Dilemma is that if we aren't intentional at seizing these opportunities to help our kids be healthy in the long online world, that the tech companies actually are being intentional. So sometimes we tend to think of like our smartphones and social media like a blue sky opportunity, an open road to anywhere we want to go. But as we're learning more about um, what's at stake, we're learning that the, the tech industry really is kind of trying to drive us one direction. And the more that we are on our screens, the more they'll profit. And so there's just an awesome opportunity right now to have those conversations with our kids about what habits do they need to grow? What muscles do they need to grow to be able to flourish and to be able to maximize the gift that technology is, but minimize it? The research is showing that across the world, screen time has skyrocketed, and that is not actually expected to ever return back to pre-COVID rates. And the reason is because that until there's there's different regulation out there that um, tech companies have something interested in, or they have an interest in keeping us on screens. So it's a great opportunity. Very good. So Tracy, we mentioned earlier that um, Start partnered with Blue Valley and had some webinars for parents. Um, but if they were not able to attend those, uh, where could they go and find out more information or could they still attend a webinar outside of Blue Valley? Mm -hmm. Yep, they can find out a lot of our key resources on at our website, westartnow.org slash products dash we dash love. And one specific thing I'll mention is that Krista mentioned the social dilemma. And we're actually partnering with a father's club to offer a screening that we're hoping to have be a conversation convener because it's so hard to have so many of these messages come from us. And so if we can bring in a neutral third party, so on November 1st, the Father's Club is opening it up to anyone in, in Johnson County to watch this film with them and have live chat and enjoy it as a family movie time. So that's another specific thing that you can consider. And for those of you who like listening to podcasts, we're going to start a podcast actually later in November that goes through kind of unpeeling some of the conversations that families are having. Because I think in a lot of these areas, it's like when I have read parenting books and everything sounds so good. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And then you start to walk into it and you realize it's hard. So we're going to talk with a lot of local experts about what some of those things are. And I also wanted to share one other thought that came to mind as Krista was sharing, which is, you know, this is such a unusual time. And I think one of the things that can be relationship building with our kids and help them realize some of the way that technology is distracting them from their time and attention would be maybe have a conversation at dinner sometime to say, hey, what are your goals for this semester? And not in a pressure way, but what do you hope for? Okay. You know, you could say, hey, safe, sane, and seen, some versions of that. Maybe your family, maybe your kids say, I really want to invest in these three friendships, or I really want to get these grades or whatever. And you as a parent also share, hey, this is what I'm trying to do as I juggle work or I juggle home life amidst this and have that conversation think about it and then maybe in a, a, a future dinner come back and say hey i've been working on some of those things and guess what i noticed that my phone is distracting me i told you that i want to read this book and guess what every night before bed instead of picking up the book that's sitting on my bedside table i pick up my phone and start scrolling isn't that interesting so there could be some neat ways to talk about wow, technology is really supporting my values and my goals in some ways, but in other ways, it's actually keeping me from what I want more. Very good, very good. So 
Tara, any final advice for parents who are concerned about their child or um, questioning the screen time of their children? Yes, I really recommend they get on the START website along with um, our Securely website as well, which is on the Blue Valley website, and they can um, learn all about how to utilize that app. And then also just set goals with your family, set physical fitness goals with your family, set different things like that as well. Um, maybe to have less time on your phone and things like that. If you do it as a family, I often feel that you're more successful than when you just set it for your student or if it feels like it's punishment versus something we're all doing together, um, much like Tracy said. Uh, Krista, same question. Any final advice for parents as we wind down? Yeah, I mean, I think my top of mind is just to really focus on taking any opportunity you can have to have back and forth interactions with your kid. Our studies show that when you have back and forth interactions, we like to think of it like a tennis match, that that actually releases oxytocin in your brain. And that is so good because it eats up cortisol, kind of like Pac-Man. It eats up cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So it's amazing because our bodies are designed to have this healing power in our brain that helps reduce stress. But it happens when we have back and forth conversations, whether that's through Zoom, whether that's through text texting back and forth conversations or just face-to-face -face interactions. We recommend that you prioritize those over scrolling and just consuming. And then Tracy, same question. Any final advice for our parent community? We are with you and we wish you good luck. We're learning and being open with your kids, sharing from a position of vulnerability. We are all having a hard time right now. And that extends beyond just technology. But to say, man, I'm feeling Zoom fatigue. Or, hey, I, you know, had this other situation that happened. It is opening up a possibility for us to share about all parts of our life with our kids in ways that I think could really build openness that, that lasts across other things. And good luck. So <laughs> I wanted to thank Krista, Tracy, and Tara. Uh, I want to reiterate uh, their website, We Start Now. Uh, has some uh, amazing resources on it, as well as the Blue Valley website that Tara referenced. And I, I would agree with kind of uh, one of Tracy's last statements there, which is that we're in this with you, um, whether it is the START organization or the Blue Valley community, we all want what is best for our students. And so um, thank you very much for joining me today. And this concludes our episode of Unmuted. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>